Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. See, the, the church and, and what, I, what I really want to see at this time of the year, understand. Us pastors, we get together and we start talking and at this time of the year we start to think, man, what have we not covered this year? You know, if, if there's only five or six more weeks left in the year, what is it that we have to really cover? What, what are the, the last five things that we want to give to the family of God? And so that's become our mindset. And so I, I just want to instill in you, in us as a family, especially at the brink of this whole, I mean, for me, it's a big thing. We're like crossing the Jordan in a couple of weeks. Amen. God has, God has parted the waters miraculously. And, and in a few weeks, we're going to pick up our stuff and we're going to go. And we're going to cross this thing. And we're going to get to the other side and set up camp. And when we get to the other side and set up camp, it's a whole new set of people. There's a whole new community. There's a whole new people that are waiting to get into that group and do that dance. Amen? And so that's why it's so important that, that when we leave here, I need us to all be, and I'm not even going to try that one, but I want, us, I want us to all be moving in the same, in the unity that God has called us to move in. See, for, for, for too long we've looked at the church. See, I, I want you to understand that the church is not a place to come and, and put all your dreams aside or, or conform to everything. And people from the outside see the church that way. The church is a place where you got to go and conform to everything. Uh, there's the those and the nots and the thou shalt this and thou shalt nots. And, and, and it's a place to go and conform. But I want you to know the church is exactly the opposite. The church is not a place to come and conform. The church is a place to come and be transformed. Amen? It's, it's a place to get our minds renewed. It's a place to find dreams and actually walk them out. It's a place to actually, you know, I can't tell you how blessed I am to be able to just call people during the week and say, look, I got a crazy idea. I want you to get 15 people up there dancing, doing a dance. Make up the dance, do whatever you got to do. And for somebody to tell me, okay, you got it. You know how awesome it is for me to just be able to call this team and that team. And I say, listen, for this Sunday, I need this. And for this Sunday, I want this. And everybody just say, you know, of course, there's reluctance at first. But, but everybody say, you got it. We'll do it. That's, that's working in perfect unity. And, that's, and what, what I want you to see is that that means that even though the person forth over here, he might have a whole different set of dreams and goals for his life. He can still move in perfect unity with the body of Christ. And in that unity, his dreams too will be fulfilled. His purposes too will be fulfilled. And not only that, but in that he'll be a leader and he'll be, there'll be others to follow. 
that have the same dream and the same purpose. And so I want you to see that the church is not a place to be conformed. It's a place to have these dreams and walk it out. Because for too long, and I, I believe too many people see the church as a place where you know, when you look at it from the outside in, it's you have all the I can'ts and I have to and I, and I wouldn't or I shouldn't. And from the outside in, the church is trying to conform people into these do-gooder robots that we all dress alike and we all do the same. Uh, you didn't know I could get down like that, right? <laughs> into these robots with no expression, no purpose, no identity, but just, just a, you know, a, a cookie cutter type of thing. And that's not who we are. Say amen. amen. That's not who we are. Isn't it beautiful that we don't look alike? I know some of you want to look like some of us, but, but isn't it beautiful that God made us differently, that we have different talents, that we have different skills, that we have different passions, different desires? We, from the outside in, see, we're not about conforming people. It's not about having no creativity or no outlets of expression or individuality. We, and, and that's what kills me sometimes about the church. We take the world's logos and put Christian lyrics in them. Right? We, I seen a Harley Davidson shirt and it says, well, Heavenly Divine Son. Like, why, why do we need to do that? What do you say, corny? I'm sorry if anybody has that t-shirt. <laughs> But you understand what I'm saying is that we take all the, 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 the creativity and all the craziness of the world and then, you know, we put a little Christian uh, thing in it and, and we take it for us. And, and what it says to the world is that we have no creativity, is that we have no self-expression. We have to copy everything that they make because their stuff is good, right? We take every... Look at all the artists, right? We take all the, the secular beats and rhythms, and man, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on some people's toes, but, but we take all of their music, and then we put Christian lyrics to it. Why? Why don't, you know, can't, don't we have the same amount of talent? Don't, and even more so, if the Spirit of God is in us, don't we have this living, breathing power of God who is creation, who all creativity comes from, so, so shouldn't we be the ones that are being copied? Amen? See, and so, you know, our Christian artists do this, and, and, and it's all around. And from the outside, the church is so corny. And I hate to say it that way, but it's, it's no wonder why young people are turned off by it. And they're running from it instead of running to it. The Word, the word of God warns us in Romans 12, 2, flips it. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, from the outside, it's easy to get it twisted, and that's been the enemy's plan all along. The church is not the place where we conform, the world is. You have to change it in your minds and see the world is the place where we conform. See, the world says jump in and out of bed or jump in and out of relationships as often as you want. But that just leads to practicing divorce, doesn't it? And the, words, the world says jump in and out of bed as often as you like, but that just leads to disease, doesn't it? Of the body and of the emotions. And the world says, jump into any kind of relationship imaginable. 
But that just leads to decadence, doesn't it? And the, word, the world says, do anything you want, as much as you want, till you can't do it anymore. But that just leads to death, right? So see, I don't want divorce, disease, decadence, and death. I want destiny. Amen? I want destiny for you, family. I want the members of this body to be so transformed that we're the ones being copied. That people are taking our lyrics and changing them around. They're taking our designs. They're, they're using our logos. They're using our expressions. And, that, and that's what I want this part of the body of Christ to be. This, this puzzle piece in, in the body of Christ. Thank you, Larry. I thought you was going to do something there. See, there, there are signs of it all over already. God is making himself known in the marketplace. He's making himself known in the music industry, in fashion, in sports. We, I was just talking to Jason earlier, and his shirt is it's a Christian shirt. But, yes, that joint is hot. But <laughs> it's, it's a Christian shirt, but it wasn't from a Christian store. So see, God is already in the marketplace. He's doing something in the marketplace. And he's just, and I believe God is saying, just follow me. And that's the, the word that I, that I want to hit you with today. Follow me. See, my daughters noticed a while back, how many of you ladies shop at Forever 21? If, all right, I'll tell you, good. If, if you look, but it's a big chain, it's in every mall. If you look at the inside of the folds of the bag, John 3.16 What's up with that? See, they, they're in, in, uh, in uh, what's that store? Wet Seal that my daughters love to shop in. She bought a shirt the other day that says, Jesus is the new black. And every once in a while at Wet Seal, there's a, there's a Jesus t-shirt. And I'm saying, man, what's, what's going on with that? It's surely they're not a Christian. You know, it's the same store that has the shirts up to here and the, you know, the same craziness. But, what God is it's infiltrating. It's in the marketplace. He's in the music industry. You, you hear that already, right? He's in the music industry. When you can have the, the craziest artists start talking about Jesus, even if they got it twisted, even if their theology is a little warped, but the fact that it's allowed, the fact that God is saying, I'm in here, I'm breaking through all of this, follow me. And so, see, the, the, the verses that I had in the beginning, in Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 8, 22, follow me, pursue life. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Listen to this last one, John 12, 26. Whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, my servant is also. Where I am, my servant should be also. See, and, and God is breaking through into fashion, into sports, into music. And God is saying, I don't need you. That's an arrogant point of view of the church that we need to come and bring Jesus to a community. We need to come and bring Jesus to them. No, God is already in there. He's already doing it. He's just saying, follow me. Do as I do. When you see Jesus doing this, 
You step in and you do that. And he's saying, just come follow me. Do as I do. And, and, and then you'll be a leader. Because remember we were talking about on church as a team, that our role as leadership is to develop you into leadership so that you can develop into, into leadership and so that you would have leaders developing into leaders. And so it goes on and on and on. And it's not about a personality, but it's about a group of people. Amen? It's about the body of Christ. So, see, Jesus is saying to you and to me today, follow me. And so if there's one thing that I just want to kind of get in you and it's amazing because Jason was telling me about a dream he had last night. And this is before I already had all this written down. I told him, I even stopped him. I said, stop, stop, stop. Before you finish the dream, come read my notes. He had a dream that Jesus appeared to him and just told, grabbed him by the hand and said, follow me. And he just kept taking him places. Follow me. And, and I, I so believe that that is a title and that is a theme for the, this church today, as we embark, as we start to, to head out, as we start to, God starts to do bigger and greater things, he's saying, follow me. Whatever you see me doing, do. Amen? Listen, I, and, and, and understand how I feel about this so that you know, if, if we're not the end time church, and I know people have been saying this for a hundred 180 years, right? Your father's 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 church was saying, you know, we're the end time, we're the last day's church. I believe if we look at the news, if we look at everything that's coinciding with the word of God, everything that's happening, if we are not the end time church, then we are certainly raising a generation that will be. Amen? We're raising a generation that will be. And if we don't teach our kids about the life-giving, transforming word of God, and not just talk about it, but walk it out where they can see and walk with us. See, this, that little dance, I want you to see the severity of it. That little dance represents your Christian walk. Your walk with God. And your walk with God should be so simple that anybody could follow it. Amen? It shouldn't be so, you know, if she could have come up here and done, I told her, like, you know, that's, that, what's the... the that step that we do at weddings, the cha-cha slide, and, you know, I can never get that. It just, once you start spinning around, I, I lose it. So, she, you could easily, your Christian walk could be as complicated to others as the cha-cha slide. And, and you know, some people could jump in and do it. Some people could get it, you know, and side to the left and, and, and do all that. But a lot of people can't. And so, if we make our Christian walk complicated, if we make it so difficult... Not only will they not want to follow us, but they can't, even if they wanted to. So your Christian walk should be as simple as the step you saw here this morning. So that others could, could watch and follow. Hallelujah. It's going to take everyone in the body finding their fit and stepping into the dance. And if, if you missed last week... If you missed last week's message, uh, Benny, wave at us, Benny. Benny has extra copies if you missed it, and I have extra puzzle pieces for us. But you see, it's not, and, and it's funny because some of you have been showing me, look, they got their puzzle piece in their wallets, and I've seen puzzle pieces in, in places, and I said, wow, all right, maybe, maybe somebody actually listened last week. That's, that's awesome. Amen. But 
It's time for us to not just carry around puzzle pieces in remembrance of a sermon or a message. It's time for us to be those puzzle pieces and start stepping into the dance that we call church. Imagine if we considered church a dance. Doesn't that sound like a lot more fun than what people think of church? If you tell people, come dance with me on Sunday, you out of your mind? No, my, my church is a dance. The body of Christ is a dance. And it's such a simple dance, but it's the more people that do it, the more fun it gets. Amen? You see how, you know, once Eric got up there, everybody's laughing and screaming. And then people just, you know, you want to just be with that. Why? Because he looks like he's having fun. But too many times in the body of Christ, we don't look like we enjoy this. It's like a drudgery. I know, I know. Look at the empty seats. Half of you said, it's snowing. I ain't going to church. Why? Because it's snowing? Because it's snowing? You don't go to church? Wow. Imagine if God like broke out excuses like that. God, I, I need you today. I can't pay my bills. I need money this week. Um, nah, it's winter. <laughs> Imagine God told you, I don't like winter. Don't, don't talk to me in winter. No, but God, you know, my, my, she's sick and she's dying. She needs, I don't, you know, don't, don't bother me in winter. Imagine if he broke out all kinds of excuses. And I'm not trying to get legalistic. I'm not saying, you know, you're going to hell if you don't come to church in the snow. I'm just saying, you know, imagine the, 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 the obstacles that we put before ourselves. When if you saw church as a place to be transformed, a blizzard wouldn't keep you from church. Amen? See, I love coming here. People trying to convince me, you're sick, you need to stay home. But I love coming here. I love being with you guys. I love sharing the word of God. I love getting feedback. I love fellowshipping. I love hugging. I love talking about God. I love encouraging people. I love strengthening people. I love helping people. I love this. And you know what I found? I need this. I need this. I don't come here for you only. I come here for me. I need the fellowship. I need Barbara's smile. I need the, the, this brother's hug. I need this brother's nod of encouragement. I need this guy's fists. You know, I need that. And, and if we realize that, that we need that, we'd be so much better off. Amen? Know that you're not coming here to do me a favor. Amen? Know that you're not coming here to, to give me money. You're not coming here to, no, we're, we're doing something together. We're building this thing. I can't wait for some of you to see the new place. I can't wait for some of you to see the, the colors that are on the wall and the light fixtures and the sconces that match and the, and the bathrooms. And, and I can't wait for you to see some of that. And the space that you can run from one end to the other and get tired. You know, I can't wait for you to see that. I can't wait for you to feel just the presence. I, I, the other day, we, um, Sal came by to look and we just stood there and... and he said something really cool. I was showing off all the lights, so I put on like all 19 lights. Everything was on. And he looked and he said, man, I just, you already feel the presence here. Yeah? It's an empty building. It's not done. And, and we stood there and we said, man, you, you already feel the presence. And I know it wasn't a Home Depot light that brings that presence. That because we got those at home, you know, it's not, it's, it's just there's something about when, when 
God calls us to do something and we're obedient. There's something about when God says, follow me. And you follow him. There's something about walking in those steps. Amen. Last verse, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, we have that same calling. We need to dance in a way that says, follow me as I follow him. And I know that that might even sound arrogant. That might sound, some of you might, you have this false sense of humility. And you say, well, I, you know, I can't say that. I don't want nobody to walk like me. I'm not, I don't have it all together yet. I'm not perfect. And yeah, guess what? Neither is your pastor. Neither is the worship pastor. Neither is the elder. Neither nobody here got it all together. You understand? And, and it's okay. And it's okay as long as you know that you're saying, God, I want to serve you. And, and, and every time you fall out of step with that thing, you get back in. You look at what other God's people are doing and you follow it and you get back and you do it again. And then you can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. And that should be that, that I want that just to be like on our, on our chests. You know, follow me as I follow Christ. Because when you know that people are following, you walk differently. Amen? When you know people are following you, you, you walk differently. Well, I, wanted, uh, I contacted some of the puzzle pieces last week. And I asked them, if they had one chance to speak life into this family before the end of the year is up, what would they say? And so, here it is. I'd like to start with Nat and Sandy. Come on. Well, um, let's see. I guess if there was one thing I could say, it's something I always tell my the youth. So there's, they'll be hearing it for the hundredth time or whatever. But um, me and my wife, we both thought about it. Did and of course we got inspiration from our daughter, who's being held back there and all covered up. And uh, I guess if there's one thing I could say is that. That um, God really loves you. Not like, oh, I love you, like people say it all the time. I'm saying like, I think of my daughter and when I talk about her, I don't think, oh yeah, my daughter, yeah, the one that, when she goes to the bathroom, my God, it's like I don't even know what she's eating. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she stinks constantly. Good Lord. She said, oh my God, did she bites everything. Literally, she eats her books. <laughs> I'm like, I do say those things because they're just funny, but it's not like that. It's like uh, when I first, when I, when I first had, when we first had our baby, there were, there were like some parents that say, oh, are you going to be a dad now? Oh, it's over. Oh, you're going to have a baby? Oh, I feel bad for you. And, like, it's people like that that, like, 
I want to beat the hell out of. Because they're like the same people, like when I first got married, say, oh, you get married? Oh, I get it now. And I'm like, what's sad is that most of these people would be in church. They're like church people. So they'd be like, oh, you can have a But when I, when I think of my daughter, I don't think, man, diapers cost like 50 bucks. <laughs> it's like a ridiculous amount. <clears throat> Thank God she's off Similac. <clears throat> Because that was like 40 bucks. That, you know, now she just eats everything. You know, I don't think that. I just think when she wakes up, she looks at me and she smiles. When I get home from work, the best feeling is she hasn't seen me all day. She screams for excitement. She, she doesn't talk. She just screams really loud. And, go, ah! and then she shakes her legs and she runs to me. And I'm thinking, that's it. No matter how crappy my day is, no matter how many people piss me off today, or just the stupid things at work, because there's tons of stupid people at work too. <laughs> but no matter, no matter how much, no matter, even when she's sick and she can't help it, because sometimes she gets sick and, you know, babies, they don't know how to act when they're sick. They can't tell you. This is hurting. This feel, they just cry and they cry and they want to be held and they just want to be held and feel safe. And I love it and I'll just hold her. Yes, like my favorite Saturdays now aren't like going out. It's just like staying home and having my daughter sleep on my chest. And I'm just thinking that if I can love my daughter that much, how much more does God love me? John one twelve says that we are... God's children because we know him. He doesn't say that he looks at us as adults. Thank God for that. But he still sees me as his child. So if I have one thing I could say, it's that no matter what, if you think you love your child that much, even when they screw up, how much more does God love you? Amen. God loves us. Sal and Jesse. Sorry, it may seem I'm a little bit technological right now, but I was having um, a revelation and I didn't have any pen, pen and paper, so I had to start writing it down on my PDA. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, I guess what I would have to say is, um, it's funny because I had a George moment. Um, <laughs> as Yeah, I did. I had a George moment because most of the time, like sometimes God will give me something to say. And he's like, oh my God, that was on my paper. You know? <laughs> So it's funny, as I started writing stuff down on, on um, my palm, the worship team started singing and saying everything that I had to say. The whole song, Please Stay a While, was what God had me to say you know, to you guys today. Um, and it was coming out of Hebrews 10, and it's a call to preserve. I'm just going to read some of it. Um, I'll start with verse 23. Um, okay. It says, Without wavering, let us hold on tightly to the hope that we say we have. 
for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received a full knowledge of the truth, there is no other sacrifice that will cover these sins. There will be nothing to look forward to but the, treble ex the treble terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Anyone who refused to obey the laws of Moses was put to death without mercy on testimony of two or three witnesses. Think how much more terrible the punishment for those will be to have those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant as if were common and unholy. Such people have insulted and enraged the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to his people. For we know the one who said, I will take vengeance, I will repay those who deserve it. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the... Is it a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God? Don't ever forget those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule, were beaten, and sometimes, helped, sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same thing. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail when all, of you, when all you owned was taken from you. You accepted it with joy. You knew that you had better things waiting for you in eternity. Do not throw away this confidence. Trust in the Lord no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patience, patient endurance is what you need now, so you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Thank you, Lord. And as I read that, I started thinking about when I first got saved. I knew I was, I was young, I was like 18, 19, and I was so excited because I had already been walking through a lot of stuff, <laughs> um, stuff that I wish no one had to walk through. And I remember there was a time where I suffered so, so severely of depression. I mean, I could have sworn that at one point I probably would have been diagnosed as bipolar myself because I would have these waves. I would be so excited one week, the next week I was cursing out Manny you know, or someone else. I just couldn't stand to look at the people. I would sleep all day long and I was just in terrible agony and I was just suffering so much for nothing for nothing because no one did anything to me. No one said anything. It was just I put myself in that predicament. And then, you know, then here I come, I get saved. I'm so excited. I'm on fire for God. You know, I'm just like, forget it, in love with the Holy Spirit. God miraculously somehow is just moving in my life so fast and so great that it's just like I just started learning of the word. I just started, um, you know, the Lord started using me to, you know, prophesy and giving prophetic words and speaking in tongues and all this stuff. And then eventually you get so caught up that it becomes routine. It becomes routine. And then after that, that routine, it's like, yeah, okay, here comes this Sunday again. Let's see what God's going to do now. And then it becomes just boring. It becomes boring because it's, the fire is gone. The excitement is gone. And um, when that happens, what tends to happen is that we start to start, you know, going through trials and tribulations once again. And we're like, God, God, you know, where's the trial? You know, when are you going to deal with this issue? When are you going to deal with this? But you know what? Do you want God to work through that issue, through that earthly issue, because you want the desires of this world? Is it because you want earthly pleasures? Or do you want God to work through those trials and tribulations to get you to the higher places? 
do you want do you truly want to be up there in heaven or just in the presence of God in God's glory and know that God is going to truly transform you or is it because you know that you need to pay your rent next week and I'm I'm only saying this to you because this is what God speaks to me this is what God was telling me you know, I know that I'm one that I have to, I'm a worker, I'm a doer, I'm a doer, I'm a doer. And as much as I do, I love to be in God's presence. But I do, I get so consumed with working, 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 making sure that my next bill is paid. That I stop to reflect and say, God, you know what? You spared me from this accident this week. Thank you. Um, it goes along with also, what are our priorities? What are our desires? You know, do we want to make sure that we'll be, you know, taken care of next week? Or do we really want to leave a legacy behind for our kids and for the generations to come? My, my whole desire is not only to physically provide for my kids the way that I wish that my parents provided for me, but what spiritual legacy will I leave my kids? I know that, you know, as parents, we try to, like, really pray and give that, you know, that spiritual, you know, um, talk with our kids and just, you know, start to teach them. But you know what? What better example are we when I know that sometimes he'll come out and he'll just, you know, fine, not everyone has instruments in their homes or whatever, but he'll just come out and he'll just start to sing a song and my kids start to imitate. You know, my kids start to come out and just be like, okay, I'm going to play church today, you know. What better legacy is that? Because I know that I'm training up the next generation. I'm training up the next leader. And that's the only thing that I have to give to you today is don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. When trials and tribulations come, you don't know what God has in store. You don't know what God is doing. There's been so many times that I know when I struggled, when I wanted to give up, when I literally walked out of these doors cried my way home sorry <laughs> cried my way home for an hour saying god i give up i'm that's it i could care less i'll leave my family let my family go along keep on doing what they have to do and i'm i'm dead inside i'm dead inside when you feel that no one is there that no one is praying and interceding for you you're wrong there's always someone when i walked out of these doors about a year ago sure enough i cried my way home and when I got in front of my building, as soon as I said, God, you don't even love me that you won't even send someone to help me during this trial. And sure enough, someone from this church was standing in front of my door. Someone was there and said, I don't know where you went. I don't know what's wrong with you, what's going on. But you know what? God told me to come here because this is where you were going to be. And sure enough, God hears you. So when you think that you're alone, you're not. You're really not. When you think that your marriage is going to fail, oh, you better believe it that there's people interceding on your behalf so that you do not go into divorce. You know, when you feel that your children are just not going to make it, you better believe that God will pull them through. God will pull them through. Okay? God will spare them that bloodshed. God will pull your kids through. just going to stick with the time limit because she took all the time but <laughs> all I have is good because what I have is very small I just have um, a few verses that I have and I just want to share with you in Proverbs <clears throat> from Proverbs 10 the fear of God expands your life a wicked life is a puny life 
The aspirations of, a good, of good people end in celebration, and the ambitious ambitions of bad people crash. God is solid backing to a well-lived life, but he calls into question a shabby performance. Good people last. They can't be moved. The wicked are here today, gone tomorrow. A good person's mouth is, clear, is a clear fountain of wisdom. A foul mouth is a stagnant swamp. The speech of a good person clears the air, and the words of the wicked pollute it. So I just encourage everyone today that what we just shared today, let it encourage you, let it just uplift you, and, and seek that encouragement from the Holy Spirit and from the Lord, and, and really, really trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. Follow me as I follow him. Mark and Melissa. Come on. Isn't it good to hear from other people? To hear from the family, to hear from the body. Uh oh, she got notes. We're in trouble. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Be not terrified or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen, amen. Church, I, I just want, we want to encourage you this morning. God is so much bigger than what anything we could go through in life. And I say that because because I think t- uh, my desire is to remind you that that we all, I, I don't care who you are, you're all called to do something and not nothing. You're all, you're all, we all have a purpose in life. And we all have a purpose in ministry. So, so what I want to say to you is, is dive in. Dive in. Dive in. Get wet. Get your feet wet. Get your whole body wet. Because, because God, I believe the church is full of spectators, full of people who want to come and receive. And, and, and it's awesome that, that, that Pastor is saying, uh, follow me. Because how can we say, how can we say we're going to truly follow Jesus, but when we walk, we go through stuff, and we, sometimes we walk like we're defeated. And we walk, and we walk with our heads down. And you know what? And I, and I do it all the time too. And, 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 and I guess the same thing how I would tell myself, the same thing how my wife would try to encourage me is, Mark, you have a purpose and a plan in your life. You have a calling. Church, family, we're telling you this today, you have a calling. And the calling is not for you to come on Sundays and sit there and say, please stay a while and say, yes, I will follow you. Go out there and do, and do what you got to do. And come back here the following Sunday. God has a, a bigger calling on life. And I keep on stressing that. Because sometimes I think we forget. And we let the things of this world beat us down. And we stay being down. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not. Be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be wherever you want to go. Amen. You know, that, that segment, be strong and courageous. Sometimes I say to myself, you know, how can I be strong and courageous? Because, you know, I have an area that I've always struggled with, and anybody who knows me knows. I get anxious. 
I get worried. I want to make sure everything falls into place. And that's something that I continually have to bring before the Lord. But as we were preparing this, you know, I said, Lord, be strong and courageous. Change is hard. Change is difficult. Sometimes it's, it's hard for me to let go and be new and be different. And I said, well, how do I do that, Lord? I know that you have called me. Have I not commanded you? I know that. But how can I be strong and courageous? And the Lord said, and I think Jesse said it in her scripture, remember, remember. So when I get worried and anxious because the bank the bank balance is low. I had to remember that when I didn't have money for registration or tires, the Lord sent somebody from this church to bless us with money for tires and for the registration. And guess what? We got here in the vehicle today because the other car it wasn't doing great. But I was able to get here today because that was done just last week. I had to remember that when the doctor said that my child might not walk, that he not only walks, but he runs and he jumps and he leaps. I have to remember when I worry about healing that I'm sick, that my uncle, though he died, was spared an additional month so that things could be settled and put into place. So this morning, when you, when the Lord tells you be strong and courageous, remember, and that's how you can do that. You know, I laugh because I'm not one for slang, but all this time when be strong and courageous, I kept hearing the expression, who's your daddy? It's, that's like a really strange expression for me. But every time, again and again, when he comes through, it's like the Lord is saying, well, who's your daddy? Yes, Lord, you're my daddy. I know that. So I encourage you today. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Sometimes we could stand. We could we could constantly remind ourselves where we were and, and where God is bringing us forth. But it's so easy to go through our problems. It's so easy to walk being terrified. It's so easy to continue to remind ourselves. But still, we know somewhere down the line something is going to happen. And then, and then we rise up, and and, and the fear, fear dwells in us, and, and and we're too scared. And sometimes that's the very reason for us to step out and truly follow Jesus, because we're terrified and we're discouraged. And 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 Jesse said it perfectly. How sometimes it's nothing, it's nothing, but we just throw down on ourselves, and and, and we become terrified, and we we're terrified to to try new things, to step out, to to see what our calling is. And, and I got some scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to follow him. And in that journey to follow him, he wants us to prosper. Yes, things are going to happen. But we know this. He's not going to give us too much what we can't handle. It's not, it's not his desire for us to be harmed. Another scripture, Psalm 91.1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. In the Almighty. Church, your daddy is the Almighty. And as you're walking, 
forward, not backwards, not to the left, not to the right. Keep on going. Run. Run with, with perseverance. Your daddy is going to be on top of you, following you. And, and you're gonna, we're going to follow him, but his shadow is over us. And no matter what we do, what we go through, there is no worry because he's on top of us. He's in us. We're under his shadow. We're protected. We won't be harmed. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So we've heard it this morning. God loves you. Don't give up. I'm sorry. I get really excited. I love the word of God. It just speaks to me. And it's like I'm sitting here this morning and I just want to jump because it's so exciting to me. But he says, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, since the beginning of time, God had that plan. The angel, God's messenger, said to Joseph and Mary, thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, God with us. So it's not a faraway God. He is God with us. And this morning, I want you to know that when you made a decision and said, Lord, you are real in my life. I accept you into my heart. I acknowledge you. I want to do this thing called being a Christ person. I want to be saved, oh God. He entered into a contract with me. And there's all sorts of scripture that says, I am my beloved and he is mine. He's mine. I am his. and and, And he loves me and he cares for me and he's concerned for me. And this morning, as we were reading, you know, we didn't even know. Pastor, Pastor George said, oh, we're going to lead into the Jordan. We got this little scripture verse, have I not commanded you? Because that was Hannah's memory scripture verse this week. And we went through all these things. And I said, Mark, what was that scripture verse that Hannah said? And then we began to look back in the chapter. And guess what? That little scripture is when God commanded Joshua to go into the promised land after Moses had died. And he said they were moving into the promised land. I said, wow, Mark, how awesome in this time in our church as we're getting ready for a new time, a new season, a greater beginning. And for each of us in our lives too, I believe God is doing a new thing for all of us and calling us to a new level and a new place and a new commitment. And in in saying that, I just want to read. I just want to say this scripture over all of you, kind of like a charge this morning to be encouraged to be strengthened and especially pastor george i think i just got to say it to you as well because he gets up here every morning right and says you know we can do this it's possible we're going to get into the same building and sometimes i sit back there wondering i'm like is he convincing himself too <laughs> you know because how many know that we can speak things into existence even though there's a piece of our heart that may not be there so this morning pastor george you know can we get michelle I know she's in children's church. Can we get her? Can we bring her out? Because I just feel like if you're going to give somebody a charge, the other piece should be there too, right? So if you bear with me. But this is for all of us this morning as a church body. I'm shaking. (laughs) Not because I'm cold. (laughs) All right. I'm going to ask you to come over here. Just come right there. This is for all of us, but as the head of our church, I'm just going to ask him to be right there for all of us this morning. She's coming? Okay. All right, Michelle, come quick. All right, come quick. Jog. It'll it'll warm you up. 
The kids are going to jump by the window. They're by themselves. All right, stand there. This morning, I just have a word of encouragement for you and for the rest of the church. And Mark and I have been studying it all week, and I better not get too far away from it. But the word says, Joshua 1, verse 5. Hmm, it's a good verse. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with my servant Moses, so shall I be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And it says, be strong and courageous because you will lead the people into the promised land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be careful to obey all the law your servant Moses gave you that you might be able, to, that you would be successful. And then it says, do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of Moses depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so you would be careful to follow it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And I think we could all say it by now. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. You know, I've, I've asked these, these couples to share today because these were the couples that sat with me in a room when God was putting this dream in our heads and they said, yes, we'll do it. And so you have to understand how dear they are to me and how special they are to me because they said, yes, we'll do it. And, and we, we stepped out and here we are. And here we're stepping out again and stepping out again. And God has added to that team. But these were the original core. And I just want to tell them each that how much I appreciate them. How much I, how, how encouraged I am by them. And what an example they've been even to me. And so the last one of that team, of course they got to do it a little differently. But Manny and Jennifer. Hi. <laughs> All right. If you know me, you know that I know God didn't call me to preach. <laughs> so I can't just stand up there with a mic and tell you something. Um, plus, uh, well, my wife could, but we didn't get the email <laughs> this week about that. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, I wrote a song, and I just believe that it fits and that, and that it it's actually the heart of this church and this ministry. So as I go through the song, if, if you agree, then just stand and, and worship the Lord with me. Amen? Even possible 
fly in a V formation, right? You've, you've heard that. And as each bird flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the bird that's behind it. So understand that that's why they fly in that V formation. The whole flock, when they fly together like that, they can go 71% a greater range because they each are helping each other go further. They go further and they do it easier when they do it together. As each one of us finds our fit, we create an uplift and we start to make the picture clearer. As each starts to find their fit, it makes it easier for others to find their fit. So family, I really want you to get this, that See, as we start filling in the pieces, when God starts adding to the community, it's easier for them to see where they fit because they already see a clearer picture. And as, as we each find our fit, we encourage, we create an uplift. You know what happens in this geese formation? When one geese drops out of the formation, they instantly feel the drag and the resistance of going it alone. And so they quickly get back in formation to take advantage of that lifting power. You've seen this. You've felt this. You've, you start out in church and when things get hard at home or at work, you drop out of formation. And sometimes we think it's easier to stay home when things are hard, to miss a Sunday, to miss prayer, to just step out of fellowship when we're depressed, when we're struggling. And I've said this to over a hundred people. That's when you need to get information the most. When you're struggling, when you don't feel like it, when you're depressed, don't drop out of formation. Get in formation because the one in front of you is going to create an uplift and make it easier for you. You know what else the geese do? All the ones in the back, they hunk all the time to encourage the ones in the front to keep up their speed so even the geese know that we need encouragement 
they honk and honk and, and so when you see them fly over you you hear them because they're honking and what they're doing is encouraging one another can you imagine a group of people encouraging you all the way through your day with phone calls, with text messages, with emails. Can you imagine us honking from the back all the time, leaning forward, leaning forward, making sure no one falls out? You know what else we need to learn from them? When a geese gets shot and goes down, two go down with it. They, isn't that amazing? Who teaches them that? Two geese will leave the pack and go down with it to the ground and stay with it until it's either better or it dies and then they leave and come back and join the group family that's that's the body of christ that's what we're called to do and that's that's how i want to see us from this day forward i want to see us just finding our fit in that formation I want you to make it easier for the people that come after you. That might not seem fair for some of you, but that's what pioneers do. We go before and we set trails so that others can follow. And that's who we are. Amen? We're the emerging church that God is calling. And there's a lot of churches just like us. It's not just us. But we're the emerging church that God is calling to pioneer a way through religion through religiosity, through the, 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 the racism and the prejudice that exists in the church. And we're called to set it. And so we're the V. And we're going forward in church. I need all of you. I need you. We need each other. You know what happens when the leader, the head V, he gets tired? He backs up and gets information. And some other goose steps up and takes point they never stop so when, when the leader gets tired because you know that we're people and we get tired all of us he steps out and he gets to stand in formation and feel the uplift and hear the honking and someone else takes point family God Jesus is saying to us follow me in a new way with more power, with more passion, with more desire than ever before. Follow me where I am, my servant should be also. Listen, maybe some of you have followed from a distance for way too long. And before we close today, today, I believe we can't, we can't leave without this charge. If you followed at a distance, if you've only follow the followers you've never really stepped in and you feel like God is saying today Jesus words are saying to you today follow me I want you to stand I want you to come forward I want you to, to and, and those the geese in the back would you honk would you encourage would you would you encourage them would you just start to pray would you start to come, even come get behind them right now and just start to pray, start to encourage? Let's surround those. Let's surround each other. Let's create that formation right here as, as pieces start to, to, to find their fit. And God starts to use each and every one of us mightily. 
because each and every one of you is a very important piece of this puzzle. Thank you, Lord. for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.